Okay. Faye is a relatively new friend, at least to me. I know she knows Laurie longer and some others from Sozo, and we got the privilege of meeting her and her husband, Ted, and now I've got the privilege of meeting her mom, and just, it's fun, fun. So it's great to have Faye back at the house, so let's give a house welcome to Faye Dudak. today it's so good so good to be back here and see everybody's faces um, my husband is away on business but he sends his regards and I did bring my mom here we had fun her and I um, I brought her to cook but we had fun her and I though <laughs> um, and she's been just loving the people here and keeps on telling me, well, awesome people, these are beautiful people, like everybody she meets. Um, she made friends with Rich. <laughs> uh, he was her helper on Friday and she was like uh, really um, impressed by him. Um, all right, thank you, Pastor, for giving me this opportunity. I, uh, I really appreciate it. Um, all right, I don't know. Am I making that noise, or is it like something yeah. I'm doing, or the way I'm... Here? Is it better? Like this? Okay, okay, very good, very good. Um, I don't know why I feel the need to mention this. Uh, maybe for my own good, maybe somebody needs to hear that. But this past week... Um, on Wednesday was the birthday of uh, my daughter, who is no longer with me. She's with Jesus. Uh, she turned 20 uh, this, this Wednesday. And Friday was the birthday of my other daughter, Stephanie, who turned 20. They were twins, but they were born um, a couple of days apart. Um, and, um, um, and Stephanie is still, for those of you who know my story, she is still in a wheelchair, uh, so this week I had to kind of uh, reposition my heart to God uh, about uh, the loss of, uh, of, of Deborah and the fact that Stephanie is still in her wheelchair, and I've been waiting on her healing, and uh, I came to the same conclusion at the end. It is well with my soul. I just, I just needed to say that out loud uh, and just maybe encourage somebody that if you're still stuck in a situation for 20 years and still waiting on God to do something, it is well. It is well with my soul because he knows what he's doing and I trust that. All right. So before we, talk, before we speak about our subject today, which is purpose, um, I like to share... Two important principles. Now, life is governed by laws and principles. And they are there because God designed life for us to succeed. And with these laws and principles, in effect, they are 
supporting us to become and to succeed, all right? And we would be very, very wise to actually learn and understand those laws and principles. Now, I'm not talking about rules. That's another subject. Anyway, please break the rules, but do not break the laws, all right? Um, so today, I want to share two principles because they are kind of tied with tied in with the topic I want to speak about. So principle number one, please, ta-da. God placed his word above himself. God is bound by the words that come out of his mouth. When he says something, it becomes a law. It is so strong that he cannot break it. He cannot break it, okay? Because if he breaks it, then he doesn't have any integrity. Right? God's holiness protects his integrity, and that means he will never violate what he established. So if he set up something a certain way, it's going to run that way, and it's going to be that way to the end of the world. This is just the way it is. And God chose, I don't know why, but he did that. He chose to limit himself to his word, that his word governs him. All right? Do we agree on this? So if we read in Psalm 138, verses 2 and 3, Who's going to be, I, I'm not going to read it in Arabic for you here. Guys, if, if you can, um, somebody can read it for us. Psalms 138, 2, verses 2 and 3. just want to point um, one thing, one word in there. Psalm 138, verses 2 to 3, the Passion Translation says, I bow down before your divine presence and bring you my deepest worship as I worship your tender love and your living truth. For the promises of your word and the fame of your name have been magnified above all else. At the very moment I called out to you, you answered me. You strengthened me deep within my soul and breathed fresh courage into me. That's the passion translation. Thank you. So his word is above all. Do you know when Moses asked um, God to tell him, what is your name, what was the answer? I am. I am. And I am means he changes to whatever you need. I am Jehovah Jireh, the provider. I am Jehovah Rapha. When you need healing, he's the Rafa, means the healer. He's the protection when you need protection. He's the provision when you need provision. Okay? The word I, I am in Hebrew means to be, like the essence of somebody. The essence, the essence of somebody. And when, when God speaks, he himself is submitted to his word. All right? Okay, principle number two. Without God, man cannot, and without man, God will not. 
And I'm gonna talk a little bit about that as we move on. But for right now, because God is governed by his word and by the law he put that we're gonna talk about it in a little bit, he will not do anything on this earth without man. He actually cannot do anything because the way he set things up, we are responsible for everything that happens on this earth. Which is great because that means we have power to do things and which is not so great because all the mess that we're in, it's our fault. And we have to take responsibility. The church has to take responsibility for what's going on. We can't just stand on the sidelines and say, it's not my job, it's not my problem. No, it is your problem. Because we were given this earth to govern. Okay, moving on. So today we're going to talk about purpose. And what I'm going to try to do today, as fast as I can, is to clarify the following. What is purpose? Why it is crucial that you find and accomplish your purpose? And how do you figure out what your purpose is? All right? So I hope I can do all of this um, in the next few minutes. All human beings on this earth, regardless of their age, regardless of their financial status, regardless of how educated or uneducated they are, where they live geographically, we are all occupied by five questions. Five questions that we spend our life trying to answer. Five questions. Everybody, they are on your mind, whether, whether consciously or subconsciously, and you live your life in a way that you are trying to answer those questions. Question number one, who am I? Who am I? It is a hard question to answer. It's not easy. Now, I'm not saying, what do you do? You can't tell me, oh, I'm a teacher. I'm a doctor, I'm a plumber. No, 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 this is what you do, this is what your occupation is. I am asking you who you are. Your essence, your essence. And most people, they live, they die, and they do not know who they are. And they die as someone else. They do not know who they are. They look for that all their life, and they do not get to know. Um, this question is a revelation of your essence, of right here. I love, uh, many, many years ago, um, Michael Jackson, they had an interview and, with him, and they told him, do you love music? Okay, I, I believe, as a human being, Michael Jackson was one of the greatest musicians that ever lived. I mean, the guy was exploding with, with talent and creativity. It's, it's amazing. Um, they asked him, do you love music? Do you know what was his answer? I am music. This is a person who knew what he was. No wonder he did what he did. 
you know, all the innovation and the music and the dance and, and everything that he did when he was alive. Another person knew who, who he was, King David in the Psalms. King David says, I am prayer. Look what he wrote. The book of prayers. How many, how many instruments did he play? Because he knew the presence. Because he was prayer. He did not say, I pray. He said, I am prayer. All right? So we're going to take a moment here. We're going to close our eyes. It is very important for me not to stuff you with information today, even if I don't get to finish everything I have to say. But it's very important that you connect with the Holy Spirit and that you actually have things revealed to you by the Holy Spirit because it's much more powerful than anything that I'm going to share with you. So I want you to close your eyes, and uh, we're going to do a little bit of uh, corporate sozo here. And I want you to speak to Father God or to Jesus, to Holy Spirit, and to ask them, who I am? Who am I? Just ask him, who am I? See if you can get just one word, maybe, or a small phrase. Who am I? When I ask that God, um, and I ask him that, um, he gave me two things. I am warrior, and I am connection. And warrior... I mean, it's, it's in my name. My name in Arabic is Faiza Victor Said, which means um, a champion, Victor, full of joy. <laughs> it's, it's even in my name and I, 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 that I didn't even, you know. Um, and in, the, in my nature, I have to tell you, I'm intense. <laughs> um, and, um, and the connection is, you will see it later, I will share that with you. The second question that uh, everybody wants to answer or needs to answer is, where am I from? What am I from? And again, this is not from, you know, oh, I'm from Kenya, I'm from Canada, I'm from Virginia, I'm from Israel. No, this is not about your race or where you come from, you know. This is about your source. Where did you come from? When we see a bench, a wooden bench, we know it came from a tree. If it's an oak bench, it's a, it came from oak tree. So where did I come from? Everybody needs to answer that. Where did I come from? The world system is so drilled in us, and we are like living in this world in, in like... Um, um, what do you call that? Um, Jesus, help me to find the word. Like a whirlwind, okay, of doing what we need to do and, 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 and paying the bills and, and accomplishing this and doing that and doing that and, and living like that. We forget that this is not where we are from. This is not our home, that this is only a colony that we need to and we are supposed to transform into heaven, like 
make it look like heaven and be like heaven. That's what, you know, that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, we forget that we are actually from a, a different country, you know, and we're just immigrants here. Yeah. We're representatives here. But we get so ingrained with the system of this world that we forget and we start to think and believe that we actually, this is, this is who we are, where we are, where we're going to go and where we're from. That's it. This is it here. It's, it's not the truth. All right. The third question is, why am I here? That's the question we're going to answer today. Um, so I will, you know, talk a little bit more about that. The fourth question is, what can I do? What can I do? Everybody needs to answer this. And everybody wants it. What can I do? What are my capabilities? What are my abilities? You know? And no one knows exactly what you are capable of except the manufacturer. Please, please, please do not allow people to evaluate you or put tags on you or labels on you and tell you what and what not you can do. Especially young people. I am personally anti-testings in school. That's why I homeschool my kids. Because I don't believe tests are a true measure of what a person knows or is. I know if you have teachers here that agree with that. It is not fair that you can put, sit me down in a chair for half an hour or one hour and ask me to answer some questions that will determine my future. I'm sorry, what if I was on my period that day and I'm feeling bad? <laughs> sorry for the men here. Like, I'm like, I just want chocolate. I don't want to take that test. <laughs> or what if, like, for men, like, what if I had a fight with my father before I came to the school? And I feel stupid and, you know, I feel upset or angry or whatever. Then what? So anyway, <laughs> that's about test. But... But so many of us have been living under labels that were placed on us when we were younger, whether it's from our parents or our teachers or our pastors or people in leadership. You are not college material. You cannot do this. Leave this stuff to your brother. You can do this instead. Anybody resonates here? Yes. You know? Um, you're not smart enough to study math in college, or you're not smart enough to become a doctor or an engineer. You know? Why don't you try trade school? Nothing wrong with trade school. I'm talking about labels. Okay? I, I just want you to always remember... You were made in God's image. That means you are made of God material. Yes. You are made of God material. The Bible says that we are his seed. That means we are from of the same nature. There is no limitation to what you can do. I don't care how old you are or how rich or poor you are or whatever the circumstances. There is no limitations. 
So don't allow anybody to label you. And the last question is, where am I going? This is a question you have to answer before you die. <laughs> Otherwise, you're gonna, you know, or you might up end up ending up in the wrong place. Now, in order to effectively answer these questions, we need to understand what is God's original purpose for humanity. And we find that in Genesis 1, 26 and 28. Genesis 1, 26 and 28 are basically God's mission and vision statement for humanity. It was the original purpose and it never changed. Even after Adam fell, even today, God did not change his mind about the, his vision and mission. Can we put that verse up and maybe somebody can read it for us? Genesis 1, 26, through 20, uh, 26 and 20, to, to 28, sorry. Who's going to read it for me, please? Go ahead. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals all over, and over all the free, free creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number, in number fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Thank you. So that's God's vision and mission for all humanity. So God, before he created earth, um, I'm gonna just gonna do like a brief history from Old Testament to New Testament right now. So he was sitting there with Jesus and Holy Spirit, having lots of fun, love, perfect, everything is good. And then all of a sudden he thinks, why don't we just include some others in this? This is amazing. Why don't we have, you know, kind of uh, enlarge our circle? And he said, yeah, I can create man. And um, I will create this beautiful place where man can take care of and they can just bring this atmosphere of heaven into that, and that will be like an amazing, like a, a larger heaven, okay? So God created earth in a way that supports life for man, okay? And then he created man, and he said, let us create man. Man here means the whole, all the species, the whole humanity, male and female, and in our own image, in our own nature, image and nature, and all that means we have uh, the way uh, we, his nature, oh, I like this one. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit, he reminded me this. Um, yeah, I like to share this one. Made in his own nature. What is the nature of God? What does he operate by? Made in his own nature, that means like we operate like him or function like him. No. No, he is love, but he doesn't operate. I mean, he, he is love. That's why he, he loves. Uh-uh. He operates by faith. Faith. That's why when he speaks, things happen. And that's why we can't please God, you know, without faith or outside of faith. He operates by faith. And the same thing for us. Like he, Pastor was saying, I didn't have the faith, you know, to, to, to believe for, for, that, um, for that driveway. 
But God expects us to operate by faith because this is the way how he operates. And when we operate by faith, we make things happen. Right? That's why you can't have answered prayers if there is no faith. Because we need to operate by faith. This is what it means to be in, you know, do God's, in God's nature. Anyway, so God said, notice the words here. He said, let us make man. Okay? All that stuff. But then he said, let them dominate or subdue the earth. Now, dominate or subdue means manage. Notice again, it's over the animals and the fish and the plants and all the resources, but never over humans. Okay? We manage the earth. But look where his word made it a law when he said, let them. God decided that only men can rule and dominate the earth. He took himself out of the business of the earth. That is why it is our responsibility. Can you put up the next? Only man can dominate earth. And that is why we are made out of dirt. That is why. We are, and that is why Jesus, the Christ, actually, had to have an earthly body. Because otherwise, he would be illegal. He cannot come. Jesus, the physical body, that boy, made it legal for the Christ, the Son, to come here and do what he has to do. He gave him that authority. Because Adam, when he fell, he gave the authority to Satan. That's why, actually, the snake was cursed, because she lent, or he lent, his body to Satan. Satan could not have come into the garden if he didn't have a physical body. Because there was no spiritual beings allowed on earth unless they have physical bodies. And that's one of the... Uh, pillars of why actually we can cast demons out because they are here illegally and that's why they look for humans to possess because they need a legal body to to be able to do things and that's why satan uses our tongue our eyes our bodies to do what he wants to do because he is illegal here and that's why god told him out of the woman in Genesis 3.15, there's going to come one person, okay, that's going to crush you. So, Virgin Mary lent her, her, her womb for Jesus, the baby, to allow the Christ to embody or have a body here on earth to do his business. Does that make sense? Because God decided... He cannot do anything without man. And that's awesome. That means he has such great faith in us. And that means he equipped us to do it. Because he's not going to just, oh, it's not like he's going to say, go run this place and he's going to give it to a bunch of fools. Right? All right. So even when Adam um, gave up that authority to Satan... And Jesus came to redeem that 
and return that to the church, it tells us that God still has the same purpose in mind to create a kingdom or a colony of heaven here on earth. It didn't change. It didn't change. So I believe that Christ came to reconnect us through the salvation and the forgiveness of sin to reconnect us back to that original vision and mission. Okay? Because again, when God says something, he doesn't change his mind. If he says, you rule the earth, I need the kingdom here, it's going to continue to be like this, he's not going to change his mind, and he's not going to feel, oh, I failed, let me think of another idea or something else or another, everything. From the first page in the Bible to the last page in the Bible, this is God's intention. And he keeps on trying to steer his people back to that, back to that, back to that. And until we start living to build the kingdom, we're really not doing what God wants to do. All right? Okay. All right. Here we go. All right. So let's... Focus a little bit uh, more now on, on our purpose. Because God has that, the way he set it up is he wants a kingdom and he wants people to manage that kingdom. That means every person has an assignment. Because you're a manager, you get to manage your own sphere of whatever sphere you have, whatever sphere that God gave you, you get to manage that. That means you have an assignment, a certain assignment to do something So the kingdom will happen or will grow. All right? And I want to, can you put up, uh, no, you're way far ahead of me. Can you go back? Go back and put up the phone picture. Thank you. Let's talk a little bit about our design. So this iPhone or any other phone, before we actually get to see it and feel it, It was an idea in somebody's head, right? It was an idea in somebody's head before it became a physical um, piece of machine that we are so attached to. Um, Steve Jobs or whoever sat there and thought of what is the purpose of this machine that I want to create? So the purpose came before the creation. I want you to think about that. The purpose of this came before it was created. So he sat down and he said, well, I want to create a machine that is able to connect people to each other, uh, something you can speak uh, into, something you can listen music, to music, you can uh, watch videos, you can take pictures with, uh, connect to the internet, all the functions that the phone does right now. I said, oh, now I know what the purpose is. Now let me think of the design. So in order for it to do this, this, and this, I need to put a microphone in there. I need to put a camera in there. There has to be a screen. There has to be an app with a keyboard in it so people can type. There has to be some kind of software in there that they can connect to the internet, and so on and so on and so on. Because the design supports the purpose. We agree? 
The design has to support the purpose, otherwise the purpose will not happen. The gifts and the talents of the machine, the design, has to support the purpose. So the purpose came first, and then the design, and then they say, okay, let us make it. And they made the phone, okay? Now, they made the phone. After this phone is made, before it gets shipped to you, what do they do? They try it. Does this work? Is it actually up to what we want it to be? So they try it in their labs. And when they decide that it is actually good, they put their image on it. That little apple. They put their image on it. Because now they think, it's exactly what we want. It's up to our standards. We will back it up with our name. Are you getting that? Are you understanding what I mean behind that? Okay. So they send it to you. Now, when they send it to you, they give you a warranty and a guarantee. If you treat this phone the way it's supposed to be treated, not swim with it in the ocean or whatever, treat it the way it's supposed to be treated, then we guarantee to you that this phone is going to do exactly what it's supposed to do. But if somehow there's a malfunction because of something we did, you return that to us, and we will either fix it or give you a new one. Right? They don't do that because they love you. They don't know you. They don't care. They do that. Why? Why do they do that? For their reputation, for their name's sake. One more thing before we actually talk about us. This phone can only operate the way it was designed. I cannot mop the floor with this. I cannot cook clam with this. I mean, I can hit somebody with it, but other than that, really, it's just, it is, suppose it will function only in the way it was functioned. The same thing with us. You were made for a specific purpose. You will be the most miserable person if you try to do something else. It's just not going to work. Because your design supports your purpose. Not something else. Right? So God sat there and he thought, hmm. Faye, I'm going to take my, you know. And he would say, this is the purpose that I have for her. And this is how I'm going to design her. To even to the way my body looks. To the color of my skin. To the kind of hair that I have. To the way my my brain thinks, so the way I perceive the world. And I'm talking naturally here because some things happen to us through our life and they, they, they mess things up, okay? And some of us have to kind of uh, uh, find a way around that a little bit harder than others. I understand that. But, and then God said, hmm, I like the design. It's working with the purpose. Let me try. Did you know that God tried you before you were even born? Otherwise, he won't send you here. 
Like he's gonna send like what a, a half working product? What is gonna that do to his name? You know how these companies they recall? God doesn't recall nobody. It's like oh sorry oh my gosh I forgot to put the screw come back here I need to add that screw no can you imagine? But that means God tried you and he found out, you know, that you are exactly functioning successfully the way he wants you to function. There's nothing wrong about you. There's nothing weird. I mean, you might be weird to the people. You're not weird to God. (laughs) You know, you function exactly the way God wants you to function. And that's when he decides, okay, you're ready to be created. Boom, my image. My name. And that is why he is responsible for your success. Because your success means a lot to his reputation. And God cares about his name. We keep on hearing it. For my name's sake, for my name's sake, for my name's sake, for my name's sake. I will do this and that for my name's sake. I will heal you for my name's sake. I will provide for you for my name's sake. For my name's sake. I kind of talk to him like this. You're going to have to heal my daughter for your name's sake. Because I keep on telling people that my God is a healer. What's that going to do to your reputation? You're in trouble now. (laughs) If you don't want to do it for for me, you're going to have to do it for your name's sake. Because you care about your name. Right? Okay? All right. So, why is it important for you to know your purpose? So I have a little bit of time. Okay, why is it important for you to know your purpose? Number one, your purpose is essential to God's plan on this earth. Okay? You need to do your part. Okay? There is a problem on this earth within your sphere that you were born to solve. And if you do not solve... It's going to be unsolved. You're not here just to, just to, to, to breathe air and take, take up space. Or to make money or to have children. He put you here because you need to manage your part. Please manage your part. Two. I actually have, I love bubbles. You like bubbles? I like bubbles. I think they're so much fun. Like all of a sudden, like within a second or two, they turn you to five years old. See, and you're like so much fun. Yeah, nice. Right? I like I like bubbles. Okay, some for you. Good job with worship today. You know, and but the thing is, the Bible says that our life. It's like the bubbles. They're like vapor. It shows up, it's gone. It shows up, it's gone. However, what we are supposed to be doing here on this earth, it's not supposed to be erased from history. We leave, but our purpose and what we accomplished will stay forever. Okay? John the Baptist had one purpose in life. Behold the Lamb of God. Prepare the way. 
That's it. John the Baptist, what, he died, he was like 30 years old? 32, 31? A little bit before Jesus? Young man, never got married, never had children. Didn't accomplish himself. But did he? He did exactly what he was supposed to do. A voice crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way. That was his purpose. And when his purpose is done, he died. Done. There was no way him and Jesus could um, be could um, exist in the same in the, the same time. Okay, that woman with the perfume, the jar of perfume, had one purpose: lived all her life saving for that one moment in time to pour that perfume on his feet. Nobody knows her name, but but what she did. It's been echoing for thousands of years. And it's been blessing so many people, speaking to so many people's lives, even though we don't know her name. So even though we are here short period, but we were supposed to do, it should not be erased in history. Okay, number two. You will never know real peace and satisfaction if you operate outside your purpose. Peace is a sign that you are doing the right thing, being in the right place. And that is why a lot of people are miserable. They wake up to a job they hate, go there, spend eight hours of their day dragging their feet, doing something they hate just because they have to pay the bills. You cannot, I, this is not a pot, it's not a utensil, it's not, a, it's not, it's just, it, it is what it is only. I cannot use it for something else. It's not, a, it's not a tennis racket, it's nothing, nothing but that. And if you're not operating within your purpose, you're going to be miserable. I don't understand people that hate math and their accountants. I don't understand people that um, love to dance or draw and they're lawyers. <laughs> Why? I, I, I know nurses and doctors that are miserable. Even though they're helping people, they're not doing anything bad. They're successful in their field, but they became that because their parents said they has to. You know? They, they wanted to play the saxophone. That's what, that's what he wanted. But his father said, you have to be a doctor. All right, number three. Because obedience to God is very important, and that at the end... We want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. The way God gave those men the talents and he came to collect, that's going to happen to us too. Living your purpose is obedience to God. Because that's what he wants you to do, live your purpose. Another reason is purpose will choose your future. Purpose will choose 
The next one, please. Purpose will, will, will dictate your life. It will dictate your friends, who your friends are. It will dictate the way you eat. It will dictate how you spend your time. It will dictate how you play. It will dictate everything. When you are walking in your purpose, you will walk on a narrow path. You will know how to manage your time because then you will know what fits and doesn't fit, what benefits. And this is a whole, actually, a whole sermon or a whole thing that I teach my clients is that about time management and, and what do I do with my life and how do I uh, manage the wheel of life of the finances and the relationship, all of that. But that does not happen. That balance will never happen in your life if you're not walking in your purpose because your purpose will dictate exactly everything you, you need to do and what doesn't go and what goes. It's very important. Um, the next one is... Your purpose is God's will for you. If you want to know what God's will is, your purpose is. Though you do not need to go outside, you do not need for people to lay hands on you. You do not need to ask people, help me find God's will. God's will is your purpose. That's why God's will is personal for each person. Other than the universal of forgive and love and understand. I'm talking about the purpose, the, the personal will of God for your life is your purpose and what you're supposed to be doing here. So if you want to know God's will, you know, you need to live your purpose. It is not complicated. Church and religion makes it complicated. It is not complicated. It is very simple. Walk in your purpose and you are walking in God's will. And what the other reason is... Um, why do you need to know your purpose? Because you owe the world. You owe the world. Are you going to be a blessing to your generation? Or are you going to be a generational thief? Because are you going to be a blessing to your generation? Or are you going to be a generational thief? Because your generation is waiting for what you are carrying. It needs what you are carrying. Because nobody else can do it. And if you decide not to do it, then you are selfish. And that you are stealing from your generation. Whatever solution you're bringing, you're stealing that. Whatever beauty you're bringing, you're stealing that. Whatever healing you're bringing, you're stealing that. I don't know how you're going to face God after that. But, yeah. <laughs> you are robbing the world. You know? Our greatest treasure on this earth is not in the mine golds or the diamond, uh, 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 coal, the diamonds in, in Africa or in the oil, you know, deposits. Uh, it's not there. Right. It's not hidden in some shipwreck uh, uh, thingy in the bottom of the sea, you know. No. Our greatest treasure on the face of this earth is in our cemeteries. It's all these people that die and take their treasure with them. Scientists, psychologists, they say... 95% of people never discover nor live in their purpose. 
We are very poor. The living. Les Brown says, people don't know it, but they die at 25 and they get buried at 65. Because living without your purpose is not living. But what are you doing? You're just paying your mortgage? Is that you're like, oh, if I own my own house and I'm debt free, I've made it. That's your highest goal? To own a car? To educate your children? To be debt free? That's your higher goal? That's it? You, like you've made it? No, no. All right, moving on very quickly. Almost on, Pastor. All right, so how do I figure out? Now you're thinking, you want to know your purpose, right? Did I encourage you to actually really want to know your purpose? All right, that's good. So how do you know your purpose? How do you know? How do you know? You need to invest a little bit of time. To explore this. You cannot just try to figure out your purpose, you know, in the time, like in the commercial time between, you know, no. No. You really need to invest some time, some thought, some energy into figure out, into figuring out what your purpose is. But I'm, I can give you some, some tips, okay, to help you. Now, it is not hard or expensive, but you need to set some time to really um, work on that. Away from distractions, away from phone, from Facebook, from, from Netflix and, and all that kind of stuff to figure out. And don't forget to invite the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit. Now, the, the secret, next one, the secret lies in this. Your purpose is within you. That's what makes it simple. It's not out there. You do not need to go on a journey to the mountains of whatever, to meditate on what, to kind of find who you are. God put it in, in, in plain sight. He put it inside of you to make it so simple for you to find it. Because he knows we're simple people. Yeah, and we get confused so easily. So he was like, here, it's right here. It's inside of you. You just need to quiet down so you can listen to what this is saying. Because we live our life telling our heart to shut up. Because we were taught. I was taught too that, oh, your heart is evil. Your heart is deceiving. Yeah, don't listen to your heart. Don't listen to your heart. Be careful. Meanwhile, God says, I will give you the desires of. So if I'm telling my heart to shut up, how, am I, how is my desires going to be known then? How, and then how, you know why God said he's going to give us the desires of our heart? Because he put them there. <laughs> so if your heart is telling you, 
you know, I, I want to be, I want to go on, on missions to whatever, to Kenya. I don't know why Kenya is on my head, my mind today, you know. And you're thinking, no way. I, this, no, I can't. This is, this is stupid, whatever. You think, you know, God doesn't make a mistake. He doesn't. And your purpose is in your heart. Your purpose is in your heart. Um, the forest is inside the seed. Right? The seed came first. The forest is inside the seed. So that seed in your heart has a forest in it. You just need to let it grow. It's not out there. It's in here. Um, in Proverbs 24, God wants us to succeed. Again, it is in his favor that we succeed. He created life and the laws of life for us to succeed. He just made everything good and perfect for us so we can succeed. And he, you know, in Proverbs 24, he said, he will give you the desires of your heart. He will give you the desires of your heart. No matter how crazy you think they are, you know, God put them in there. God put them in there. Um... So if there is something that keeps coming back to your mind, something that, or an idea that's just not going away, year after year, time after time, it's just not going away. Most likely, that's what you're supposed to do. I'm just saying. If it's not going away, most likely it's God. Because he's not going to, until the, your last breath, he's going to keep on telling you, go and do this. Go and do this. Open the home for the teenage pregnant woman. Open the, the halfway house, you know, for domestically violated women. Uh, go on this mission trip. Uh, find a solution for this disease. Uh, create a new way, you know, to generate money. Whatever it is, improve on this invention. Come up with, fill the blank. Find another way to clean the water on whatever. Find this way to save the energy. Find so many problems around us. Yes. <laughs> the earth is waiting on the people of God yes. to step up. Yes. Because he placed a solution inside each one of us. Now, it helps that we can actually understand how we operate and how we think and function. So, you know, if you're, those, you're, you're, you're one of those people that like to take those um, tests, the profiling tests and that, you know, psychological, you know, go ahead. But again, be careful. Don't let people to evaluate you. But they help. They help you understand um, how you perceive the world, uh, what are your strengths, what are your weaknesses? And those actually kind of 
they support, they support that purpose in your heart. So if, if, if those tests that kind of tell you you're a people person, most likely you're going to find yourself or your purpose is something has to do with relating to people. If those tests, sometimes they say, you know, you'd, I, I'd rather, you'd rather talk to, to computers than people, then you most likely, your brain kind of works in a way that you can actually understand how computers work or machines. I have, I have a son like that. My son, we call him the electronic whisperer. Not only, he is, not only he is a computer programmer, but anything that has a wire, he can speak to it. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not kidding. Any machine. My son is only 20, 23, you know, and he didn't formally go to school. Yeah, I mean, he's still working on it. But this kid, any machine, CNC machine, any, any machine that has a motor, if it if it if it uh, uh, it's it's something is wrong with it, we call him into the factory, and he figures it out. Wow. It's just the way his brain works. Yeah. He understands machines and circuits and motors and and all of that. Mm -hmm. Now he'd rather be talking to the machines than talking to people. That's the way he is wired. So if you are like that, please don't become a counselor. <laughs> It'll be very depressive for both you and your clients. <laughs> so so learning, learning about who you are and how you kind of operate and how you view the world, it's, it's fascinating, it's awesome, um, but it also helps kind of cement that, you know, uh, uh, that purpose for you and kind of say, yeah, that's why I like to do that. That's why. For example, one of my top uh, strengths is learning. Learning is one of my, st my top strengths. And I am a person that will never, ever, ever stop going to school. I do have my doctorate, and now actually on Tuesday, I'm starting my another degree. Because I love, I love to learn. I love school. I love taking tests and, and showing people off what I know and all that kind of stuff. I, just, I love it. I love writing papers and, and kind of showing off my knowledge. I love to learn. This is just the way God created me. And it is part of my purpose, because part of my purpose is to bring what's out there information and to present it to people in a way that they can understand in a simple way. Yeah. You do not have to read a um, hundred books on detoxing. I'll read them for you, and I'll give it to you in a half a page. <laughs> it's just the way my brain works. I take no credit. It's just the way God, you know, he designed me like that. Okay? Now... Um, I want to read one more verse, and then, and then we can finish this. In Psalms 138, verse 8, The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. You do not forsake the work of your hands. He's backing you up. He's backing you up. He will Make sure your purpose is fulfilled. You just need to cooperate. Because there is nothing or no one on the face of this earth that can hinder him from um, completing your purpose but you. If you don't cooperate, he can't do anything about it. He'll come at you in so many different ways. But there is only a limited time here. There's only limited time. Don't waste any more time. 
And if you really want to actually <clears throat> get a, re a big hint on what your purpose is, close your eyes again. Close your eyes. And ask yourself, we're going to trust that the answers that are going to come to us are of God. Ask yourself, what makes me angry? What problem in this world makes me angry? Because most likely what makes you angry and upset or depressed is what you are here to solve. So if human trafficking makes you angry, then this is most likely where you need to be. If the Amazon being on fire makes you angry, so this is what you're supposed to be doing, bringing solution to that. If corrupt politics makes you angry, then most likely you need to be in, the, in politics. So you ask yourself, what makes me angry? What makes me so upset? And I'm sure it's different for each one of us. Be honest with yourself and stop being afraid because he tried you already. He told Jeremiah from before even you were even, no, not even born, even made into your mother, mother's womb. I knew you. That means I knew you. What does it mean I knew you? I kind of got to interact here and figure out who you are and what you are capable of and what you, you know, you, you can and cannot do. And then you, when, when I decided it was good, then you, boom, put place you in your mom's womb. Hey, you're ready. You're baked. You're ready. Come out. That's why he can boldly say, I can back you up. Because he knows you will work in that situation. If you're put in that situation, you will function just fine. Yes. You don't even have to think about it. You can grow your gift, but you can't create it. It's there. Yes. Paul said at the end of his word, can you put that verse up there um, in 2 Timothy? Towards the end of his life, Paul said, I've run the race. I've done everything I, I can do. I've, I've done everything that I'm supposed to do. And now I am ready to be poured out. I am done. Poured out means here, die. We want to welcome death like this. You need to die empty. Please do not take your treasure to the grave. You need to keep on giving from that treasure until you get to the point where it's completely empty. And now I'm ready to go. Because I've done it, finished, accomplished my purpose, I'm done. Right? Any other way to die is not the right way. You do not want to die because of disease. You do not want to die because of disobedience. You do not want to die because you're away from God. You just want to die because you are done. Paul said... I'm done. Beam me up, Scotty. I'm done. Right? Now, I want to do something. Oh, this, this is, um, I want to give these as a gift. 
uh, only for the young people, sorry. I just, I'm gonna favor the young people. This is an awesome book. I know if, if you guys know, it's The Strength Finder. It talks about our strengths, um, the traits that we have. Uh, like mine is I'm a learner, I'm organized, I'm disciplined. So these are some of my characteristic traits. And there is, um, it tells you what the traits are. And then at the end, there's actually a code here that you can go online and take the test. And it will help you really understand um, a little bit about yourself. So if who's interested in, uh, in wanting? Here you go. And this book here, it talks about our motivational gifts. Motivational gifts, they're also called um, the gifts of the Father. Um, or our natural gifts, they're in Romans 12. Um, it's just this, these are gifts that God gave to all humanity. You know, to all humanity. We, are, um, we all have one or two dominant gifts in these. Um, for example, Steve Jobs was a prophet. That's why he had creative ideas like galore. Okay? So who would like to... <laughs> Enjoy. It's a really nice book. It's out of print. I love it. Um, I read it a couple of times here and there. Um, and I also, actually, if we can have, can we have a time of prayer? Yes. Um, I want us to, to interact um, with the Holy Spirit. I don't want this to be just, oh, motivational, you know, word. It's nice, you know, I get me excited. That, oh, or I don't want it to be, oh, my gosh, you know. Um, I haven't been living my purpose and then feel guilty or none of, none of that, none of that. Because God, we were talking yesterday, God redeems time. He doesn't care if you are 10 years old or 65 or 85. He does not care about that because he wants you to succeed. He wants you to leave this earth fulfilling your purpose. So if you are 65 and you only have, I don't know, five years to do it, he'll make it in five years. Believe that? You believe that? Yeah. Okay, stand up. I have in here seeds. And I hope I have enough. I have about 100. So um, if you feel in your heart the Holy Spirit actually encouraging you or pushing you to follow your purpose... I want you to come up and take um, a bag. This is just a reminder that you have the seed in you and the seed carries the forest and the forest changes the world, right? So I want you to have that and if you want to be even more proactive and as you pray and when God gives you a word about your purpose, you can actually write that word here. And then just put it somewhere where you could see it every once in a while. And, um, and, and that will remind you to keep on following your purpose. I have my purpose. I went through um, uh, a lot of, of this, this. What I'm teaching right now did not just come like this. It took me years to come here. Um, it took me going to the verge of nervous breakdown for the Holy Spirit to bring me back and to show me what my purpose is. So I have my purpose written on this, on my to-do list thing, because I always see it. And so my purpose is to help people realize their purpose and potential by encouraging physical, emotional, and spiritual healing 
through teaching, writing, coaching, and dancing. This is my life purpose. And, and on, this, on this notebook, actually, I do not do my eggs and milk and stuff to-do list. This is actually my list of things that I want to do for the kingdom that fall within my purpose. That's what I write in this book. So every time I, have, I see this book, I see my purpose. It's on a mug. Every time I drink my, my, my tea, I see my purpose. It's always before my eyes because we forget. We forget. It's always there. We forget. All right. So um, I want us to, um, to, you can come up here. I can put this here, right here. Okay. And, um, and we'll just take a few minutes. Let's pray. And if somebody needs a personal prayer, I'm, I'm here. And if uh, somebody actually from, I don't know, if somebody from the church would like to pray to pe for people, it's up to you. So Father God, Thank you. <laughs> thank you that. Thank you that you are for us all the time. Thank you that you are our number one cheerleader. Thank you that you've designed everything to work for us. From the dirt to the sun to the air to the water to the way life operates. Thank you, Lord, that you always support us. And thank you, Lord, that your purpose is so good. Thank you, Lord, that you even allow us to be a part of your work. And that you thought to design us in a way that we will accomplish your work on this earth. And thank you for trusting us to actually do a good job and to manage this earth. And forgive us, Lord, for letting things go, letting things be and messing up and not protecting the resources of this beautiful creation. And help us, Lord, to bring healing. And especially, Lord, the younger generation, Lord, as they come up and they see all this mess, Lord, around us. I just pray, Lord, that you would strengthen them. Give them wisdom. To bring healing into this earth. Yes. To redeem your creation. And to bring heaven right here yes. on this earth. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name.